When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 250 of Swish and Flick. I know. Can't believe we're here. It's your turn to say your name. Oh, hi, I'm Megan. <laughs> and I'm Katie. <laughs> and this episode is sponsored by Nicole Koshansky. I hope I said your name right. So thank you so much, Nicole. That was a good guess. That's what I would have said. Awesome. Um, and what better way to celebrate 250 than being joined by a very special guest host, Andrew Sims from MuggleCast. He's here. Big welcome to Andrew. How you doing? Hey, Katie. Hey, Megan. I'm good. And congrats on 250 episodes. That's really exciting. Thank that you. is a milestone episode. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It's crazy. It came up so fast. We were like talking not too long ago and we we're like, oh, yeah, 250 is coming up. We should like do something. And then all of a sudden it was here. We so are this is what something. we're doing. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Podcaster, there's no time to think about the future when it comes to podcasts. Right. Right? As soon as you've done one episode, it's time to think about the next episode. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. Today, we're going to be discussing our thoughts on the Grindelwald-Dumbledore relationship post-Secrets of Dumbledore, because now we've got a little bit more information on these two guys. Um, but before we begin, let's go to Meg for the Weekly Prophet, which also has to do with Secrets of Dumbledore. Well, I was going to say, I thought this was quite appropriate. Um, it came out today, actually, on MuggleNet. So on top of that news. Secrets of Dumbledore uh, joins Stranger Things at the top of the streaming charts. So it is it was the top streamed movie uh, for the first week of June. Which I thought was really awesome, especially because it had a less than the last ones, like not the greatest box office opening. I do think, though, that like the way that we take in movies has changed. And I think that this shows that. Um, So not as many people want to go to the theaters. They want to stream it at home. And I, I get that. And there's probably still concerns about COVID. So people are maybe not as interested in going to a theater for that reason yeah yeah that's cool and i've noticed actually when i've uh loaded up hbo max since secrets of dumbledore has been released it's been sitting pretty in one of the top slots on hbo max's like most popular carousel or whatever so that was exciting to me i was like cool a lot of people are trying to yeah tune in because they missed it in the movie theater and I, i mean i really enjoyed secrets so i am glad that um i'm glad that it's more accessible early because, yeah, you know, it can be hard to find theaters that are doing like captions or something like that. And like sometimes it's just easier to have it on your own TV in your own living room, be comfortable. 
Um, and you can pause it and right? you can stare at all the little things on the wall, <laughs> yes. catch all the little Easter eggs that may be there. Right. I haven't done that yet, but I'm looking forward to doing that. I know. I haven't done that yet either. I actually haven't watched it since we saw it in theaters. We saw it like twice that opening weekend, and that's how many times I've seen. I thought about trying to watch it one time before we did this episode, but it just didn't happen because yeah. I've been sleeping for the past three days. Um, yeah. So I saw it twice in theaters. The first time was at one of the advanced fan screenings, Ooh, which nice. was fun. Which was fun, except a couple fans near me were talking through most of it. And, you know, uh, the British accent, difficult to hear, especially yeah. in movie theaters these days. So in my head, I was like, oh, could you please not? But <laughs> I didn't freak out or anything just because, you know, it's a fan screening. So I guess you can kind of expect that. So everybody's a diehard fan. Yeah. But yeah. So when it, when it came to HBO Max, I was very excited to listen to it properly with, with closed captioning on. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I literally can't wait to watch it with is is captions. Can't hear without yeah. the subtitles. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I turned <laughs> thirty and like I need <laughs> captions. It's not just you. This is, there was a whole article on this actually in the Hollywood Reporter a few really? months ago about why it's getting more difficult to hear any movie. There's like a whole bunch of reasons. Oh, it was man. super interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. I, I literally so like, feel lost when there's no captions. I'm like, wait, what happened? What did they say? <laughs> Can you turn it up to 50? I can't, I can't hear. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm excited for Secrets of Dumbledore, though. Uh, it seems to be doing well on HBO Max. Um, and maybe that means that we will get another one. So Yeah, I saw people tweet about a couple like movie experts, quote unquote, tweet that since it did hit that $400 million threshold, that's good news because I think now Warner Brothers has broken even on the movie. Okay. So my position currently is like one more movie, maybe. Yeah, that's I think we'll I, get I seriously one more. doubt two more. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get one more. Um, I want to see I want to see that that showdown. Right? Like we promised. So and like we've been talking about this a little bit on MuggleCast too, and like there was an ending, but it wasn't the ending. It's just it would be a lame ending. Yeah, I agree. They gotta they gotta really lean into a proper ending, and that's why they need a a fourth movie. And it, if they just leave it here, it kind of leaves a stain on Fantastic Beasts. I you know, agree. They didn't complete the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do know all those issues with Ezra Miller, and I, I think it. Yeah. I think that it's safe to say that we don't need Ezra Miller in the next movie. So I think that like yeah. that is taking care of itself. Um, so yeah. like we can go into the next one without credence and be fine. I guess, yeah. I guess we should take this moment to say, hey, there's going to be spoilers. In this, in this well, I episode. mean, we're literally putting Secrets of Dumbledore <laughs> in the title, so I hope that, yes, but yes. I just wanted to voice it, that's all. I, I didn't say anything, I just said it's safe to say that he doesn't have to come back for the next one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now's your chance to leave if you don't want to listen to anything Secrets, but it's not our fault if you continue listening now. <laughs> so <laughs> you've been warned. <laughs> I would expect in the next movie, maybe they'll a couple lines explaining what happened to him. That's yeah. what I was thinking you know? too. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. It's they 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 don't need him again. So, um, all right. Make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends because 
maybe if you like it, then they would like it too. And we would love to make more friends. If they're your real friends, they will like it. <laughs> sure. Um, subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Swish Flickcast. If you would like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flickcast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, Swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. We couldn't do it without you guys. Um, and as always, we are accepting Potter stories or any fun things, questions, concerns to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Good job, Meg. Thank you. I feel like you could do that in your sleep. Probably. Probably. Especially swish swag. I saw you, I saw you doing twister. that. <laughs> I'm mouthing it to see if it is difficult. Swish swag. Swish, swag. swish It was so smooth. I'd have to like slow down around that part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, uh, well, you know. She's been I've saying, been saying, it, saying for it for a while. Months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so today, like we said, we're going to talk about that Dumbledore-Grindelwald relationship. And I thought no better way to lay this out than just go through a timeline of information Um about like things that we learned from the author, things that we learned from the directors of the films, like as we were going through into Fantastic Beasts and like the development of this relationship and the things that we learned about it and what it has turned into today. Um, so first up is I, I also pulled these timelines from two Entertainment Weekly articles that I found. Um one was from before Secrets of Dumbledore, and the other was from after Secrets of Dumbledore. So, well, that's fun. Yeah. So first up is the very first mention of anything having to do with Dumbledore being gay or having feelings towards Grindelwald was in 2007. The author told us that Dumbledore's feelings for Grindelwald were more than platonic, and this happened at Carnegie Hall. She was doing fan questions after Deathly Hallows was released. Uh, and Andrew was actually there. So I was, kind of which is <laughs> which I'm so excited that this is today's topic because I was like, I was there, I lived it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about like how that went down and like your feelings after hearing yeah. that and stuff? Yeah. So I am gay, FYI. And um, I was out to a couple people at the time, but not a lot of people knew, especially people I, I went to that event with. I went there with MuggleNet people, MuggleCast people. MuggleCast was born out of MuggleNet, for anybody who doesn't know. And yeah, we were there just to sort of cover it and see J.K. Rowling live in, you know, in person. At that time, we didn't have any issues with her. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. um, and yeah... Um, she made that revelation and I will never forget the roar of applause that occurred when she dropped that. And now I don't have a very clear memory, but my <laughs> friends who were there with me tell me that I stood up and started applauding. I guess I sort of blacked out cause I was so excited. <laughs> That's but awesome. it was, it, yeah, it was a really exciting moment. And the other thing that I remember from that event was after when we were, this was in New York City, we were taking a cab somewhere, um, hearing it on the radio, 
you know, and in other news, J.K. Rowling announced that Dumbledore is gay. And I was, like, shocked that this, <laughs> that this was making the radio. And we were also there with people from Leaky. And my other memory from this is that this was before smartphones were very smart. Twitter wasn't really a thing yet. We were both running MuggleNet and Leaky. We both – we must have taken a cab together or we ran to the local Apple store and both of us <laughs> logged into our respective websites and started writing up the news. And I'll never forget. I think it was Sue from Leaky. She was so much faster writing the news. And, like, I was just slower and I was so jealous of her speed. But anyway, it was like we had to get to the Apple store to cover this news for our fan sites. And that was the only way to do it. We couldn't just type something up on our phone. So, yeah, those are my memories from the event. And it was it was very exciting. But as we're going to get to... That was about it in terms of, uh, you know, gay stuff. Yeah, it was like radio time. silence. <laughs> right. um, yes. I, I So I have a question. Like, did you did you ever have like an inkling or a feeling that Dumbledore was gay? And did like that feel validating to hear that from her? Or was it more so like surprise? Like, oh, my gosh. And then like thinking back on it, you were like, OK, maybe like I could see it. That's a good question. Hmm. I don't think I ever thought about it much um, prior to her sharing it. And also, I I wasn't very out yet. I wasn't thinking too much on myself. So I wasn't exactly, like, hopeful. But I guess we had to all have been thinking at the time. We never really heard about any relationships that Dumbledore had. Because at that point, all seven books were out. And there just wasn't really anything. So, yeah, I guess I didn't really think about it too much. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. I don't really think I had an opinion on on the matter. I I remember, uh, I mean, like, Tiffany and us have joked in the past about how we might have thought that, like, him and Madame Pomfrey had a thing. Um, (laughs) But that was really, like, the only inkling of something that we that we maybe felt reading them. And, And also, I guess for us as well, at that time, um... What did I say? That was 2007. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Katie and I were dating, but we were still in high school and we were very much, very much closeted. So that wasn't necessarily something um, that wasn't really something that we would have. I mean, like our friends knew, but, yeah. but well, and even then it was maybe honestly only uh, Sarah. Yeah, from, very limited. <laughs> yeah, so... So I don't think that that was really something that we were super having a conversation about. But it was really yeah. cool to hear when I heard it. I was like, yeah. oh, that's that's cool. And yeah. I didn't I don't think I really thought until I was older, man, I wish that would have been in the book. You know, like that mm-hmm. wasn't like in the moment when I heard that it wasn't something I was upset about. But like now at now where I'm at looking back on it, I'm like dang, how cool would that have been in 2007 to have had that actually been in writing in the book? Um, but also, was that too much to ask for in 2007? I, well, yeah, that you know. that was a point I was just about to make. It was very different at the time. There weren't a lot of LGBTQ people in the, me- in the media right. like there is today. So it would have been really ahead of its time for something like that to be in the books, not to say that it shouldn't have been clearly she had it in her head for a really long time not to mention she revealed this only like three four months after the final book came out right so surely 
It'd be one thing if it was like 10 years later she had this revelation to herself, but she knew while she was writing the book, so right. she could have. And at that point, she's the most successful author of our lifetimes. Like, it's not like the publisher would have told her no. True. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> right. think that would be the reason she wouldn't do it. Still a bit of a mystery, really. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things where like, I wish it would have happened. But like, who knows why? And who knows the conversations? And it was the times. And it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Wasn't there something? Right, we... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wasn't there go something ahead. in the UK that they weren't allowed to publish? Any kind of like mention of gay or something? I feel like that was earlier point? in the oh, 90s. Okay. Okay. I think maybe i don't know i don't know i don't remember that i don't want to speak on it because i don't know for sure but i do remember hearing something like that but i can't remember if that was like the 2000s or the 90s seems um so okay so in that um in that fan q a what she says is Dumbledore fell in love with Grindelwald and that added to his horror when Grindelwald showed himself to be what he was um, she also said that she asked the Harry Potter filmmakers to delete a line in the Half-Blood Prince movie where Dumbledore reminisces about a girl he once knew. Uh, she said, I had to write a little note in the margin and slide it along to the script writer. Dumbledore's gay. So. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a fun story. And it's in that movie where Dumbledore makes the knitting patterns line, right? Early on. Yeah. I love knitting patterns. Yeah. So did they add that in after she wrote, that's she told them that Dumbledore's gay? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that was their little nod. <laughs> and that that movie came out 2009. Yes. Right? Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I it, it was supposed to come out in 2008. And then they delayed it, which was really upsetting to the fandom. <laughs> so they? I'm oh just my thinking gosh, of I like, remember that. Yeah, that was the worst day. It was supposed to come out in November 2008. <laughs> they pushed it to June, July 2009, and that was devastating. Maybe I, do I did remember a par- that. <laughs> we did a parody video reacting to it. I'll send you guys yes, a link. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been our freshman year of college. Mm. Crazy. But yeah, so I guess I guess this note came about in like 2007 when they were filming that movie, but I'm not sure exactly when. So around when she decided to announce it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then like we said, there's, there's radio silence until fantastic beasts, honestly, which that conversation started in November of 2016. Um, and this is when the author hinted that the fantastic beast series will explore Dumbledore's, my gosh, that sounded so weird. Dumbledore's, Dumbledore's. sexuality. <laughs> um, so she returned to the Wizarding World by writing the screenplay for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them in 2016. And before the release of the first, uh, she participated in a press conference where she discussed how the upcoming Fantastic Beast films plan a planned five-part series. Again, curious to see if we'll get five. I'm saying four. Might be a quad um, series. We don't know. <laughs> would further explore the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. She says, I can't tell you everything I would like to say because this is obviously a five-part story, so there's lots to unpack in that relationship. Um, You will see Dumbledore as a younger man and quite a troubled man. He wasn't always the sage. We'll see him at that formative period of his life. She She also directly addressed Dumbledore's sexuality and hinted at how it might be portrayed in future Fantastic Beast movies. As far as his sexuality is concerned, watch this space. 
So that part came true. I'm a little less sure that the she was teasing we'll see him at that formative period of his life and quite a troubled man. I mean, we get hints of that, but I don't think they've leaned into it as much as they could. Yeah. Um, not just sexuality, but history in general. I'm just to be clear, I <laughs> I really like the Fantastic Beast film series because of the Dumbledore Grindelwald uh, relationship and that forthcoming battle. A couple of my friends on MuggleCast are more into the beast side of it. So I'm all about some of these comments here Mm -hmm. really coming to fruition in the film series. And so far, I just don't feel like we're getting as much as I would like. Yeah, I I am a massive Fantastic Beasts fan, just in general. I love the films, which I know isn't always a popular opinion. Um, I've enjoyed them. I've always enjoyed them. I like all three of them. and I, I like the combination of the Beasts and Dumbledore. I would say Tiffany is much more interested in the Dumbledore aspect of the films. I'm kind of in the middle. I like both. I, I'm i always interested to see how the Beasts are going to play a role in the film, but I don't necessarily need them to be the focus. I just like learning about them as we learn the story, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm, very much, I'm very much interested in the Dumbledore timeline more than the Newt timeline. I mean, Newt is a cool character. Don't get me wrong. I know Katie Hufflepuff pride. Um, Newt rules. <laughs> but I, I just can never say no to more information from like the original canon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to give me more Dumbledore is going to always interest me more um, than like Newt's storyline. If you know, like, yes, give me all the Dumbledore backstory. Just, like, that's why I want, like, a Founder's story. That's why I want, like, a Marauder's story. I, give me yeah. McGonagall's story, like, in TV form. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> anything from, like, the original characters, give it to me. I'm here for it. All the information. Um, yeah. But I was excited whenever these comments came out. I was like, I wonder to what extent she means by this. Um yeah, I guess I, I'm, like, confused as to what she means about, like, formative period, because to me, I would think that that would mean that we were going to see him when he was, like, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Um, so, like, are there going to be flashbacks that we just haven't gotten yet? Is that something that got scrapped? Like, I would love that. You know what? I feel like that's something that got scrapped yeah. because there were a bunch of flashbacks and a huge info dump at the end of Fantastic Beasts 2. Mm-hmm. And then Fantastic Beasts 3 did tee up some flashbacks when Dumbledore is talking to Newt about the battle between him and Grindelwald and Ariana or, or Aberforth and Ariana dying. Like, that's a perfect place to put those flashbacks. And they didn't go there, and I think it's because they are trying to streamline this as much as possible, simplify. They're so afraid of of getting some of the criticism that they got with movie two. Yeah, that they just they pared it down. So, yeah, I. I, But that said, I do wish we got some of those flashbacks because, to your point, I think we it would be great to see the younger Dumbledore to help inform the overall story. Yeah, I think that he's. Uh, like I I almost kind of feel like it was a bait and switch with calling these fantastic beasts and where to find them and having the first one focus on Newt. Uh, When in reality, this is a Dumbledore story. It was kind of just like, Hey, this is how I'm going to intro it. But then like, we're going to pivot real quick. And like, we're going to make this a Dumbledore story. 
So here's a question for you. Do you think that was the plan all along? Or do you think things changed maybe after the first Fantastic Beast movie? Hmm. I personally kind of think that that was the plan all along because I think that the first movie did well and there would have been no reason to change the trajectory. Um, yeah, that's Like, true. people liked the first one, at least from what I remember. Yeah. So, like... yeah. Uh, So, like, what would have been the purpose to changing it? I think that there... Now, if we were talking between two and three, there was a lot of talk, but, like, that wasn't the shift. Like, there was a lot of Dumbledore talk in in two. So, I don't... I don't know. I do think that maybe the title, Secrets of Dumbledore, was in response to the second one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, to pump the box office. Because it's so funny, if you look at the titles now, like... With the first movie, Fantastic Beast was a hundred point font. Mm-hmm. With the third <laughs> movie, it's ten point font, right? and it says the secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic Beast might, might as well even be there. Yeah, so totally. True. It's <laughs> wild how how things changed. Yeah, when, and then you think of like the Harry Potter movies, and with every one of those movies, Harry Potter was big, mm-hmm. and the subtitle was small. It's fascinating. Yeah, that marketing element. Sam in the chat says the new name for the series should be Fantastic Secrets and Where Dumbly Keeps Them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or dang, just rename it Fantastic Secrets. So at least right. still get Fantastic Beasts in there, or part of Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, I mean, I do still think that Beasts have played a big enough role in each of the films to like warrant them a spot in the title somewhere um but there was definitely a huge shift in the third one more so like yeah big time yes like the chillin was important um yeah but this was obviously very dumbledore centric and not as much beast centric but like the whole basis of breaking the blood pact and all of that came down to the chillin so like yeah i don't know so maybe it is completely warranted to just have these be called fantastic beasts like i don't know i, I, I love it yeah i totally agree that the chillin was a way to get beasts back into fantastic beasts and i thought it was a brilliant way yeah. to integrate the two stories what i really loved about and we're getting off topic here but um Welcome i love <laughs> <laughs> also like the host side of me is like <laughs> making a note of that in my head um but one of the things i really loved about secrets of dumbledore is early on when newt is taking care of the chillin the the mother chillin and then the the baby it felt like a gritty nature documentary and it felt like what fantastic beasts could have been yes it's just newt out there in the wild taking care of beasts again maybe not for me but that was a nice little taste of that and it made me kind of want it yeah that that was a little gruesome, though. <laughs> like that part. It was that, gruesome. That was yeah. Sad. So sad. It's hard to watch. I honestly, I was a little bit shocked that like that was in and then Grindelwald, like just that I just straight up slitting. The slitting like, yeah. oh, my God. I was like, oh, I'm that happened. That, like, and how did like because they do like test screenings. How did people react to that? I'm kind of yeah. surprised they didn't you know yeah pull that back a little bit because for i don't know how you can be a human with a heart and watch that and like be like oh great movie watching right. a poor baby animal's throat get slit yeah but i guess it just it just reminds you of grindelwald's power and how ruthless he is sort of like in movie two when he needlessly kills the baby yeah <laughs> yeah <home> <laughs> right it's just like oh thanks for reminding me i need to be really sad right now 
Right, and really hate him. Yeah. We get it. We hate him. Right. Enough. He's a bad guy, okay? <laughs> I know, but then that makes me... Like, it's almost... It's interesting because it's showing, like, the complete polar opposites of Dumbledore versus Grindelwald, you know? True. And then yeah. it just kind of makes me be like, how on earth were they ever on the same page? Because Dumbledore used to yeah. think more like him, but then he changed. I just can't. He like, was I like, just nah, have bro, such a hard I don't time want that life. Wrapping my mind around that, I know, because he he grew and changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, he's a good example of it's okay to change, and like he had a past that we don't agree with and was bad. You know, but he, I think he struggles often, probably every day, to like be good quote see that's what i want to see like where was that switch yeah she talks formative period so like where was that switch that made it was it ariana it was ariana right i would assume it's definitely a major factor at the least so like that's the flashback that I mean, as sad as that is to see, like, that would be the flashback that I would want to see in the aftermath of that if we're talking his formative period, you know, like, I know, show me where the light bulb was and like how those conversations went down between Grindelwald and him post that happening. Were there any conversations like that's the stuff that like I wish that we could see, um, yeah. But I think the time has passed for that to be shown to us in these films, possibly. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe it wasn't a conversation with Grindelwald that I'm sure that battle really did influence his uh, decision-making going forward, but maybe there were other conversations with other close people to him at the time, and that changed his thinking. Yeah. And again, that would be something great to to see or read or watch. Yeah. A couple of people are guessing that we'll get that flashback of like when ariana dies and that battle during the final duel maybe if we get that oh yeah i guess yeah, that, that would certainly fit in there. aid the climax yeah yeah um so okay so the first movie comes out and then we're preparing for the second one and this is january of 2018 david yates tells us that the second Fantastic Beasts film won't explicitly reference Dumbledore's sexuality. To which we all went, Boo. Well, <laughs> oh boy. I was frustrated. Yeah. I still remember much of the internet was very frustrated. It yeah. was a very poor choice of words, too. Yeah. It won't be explicitly gay. And then, you know, well, there was a hint or two in the second movie, right? Like, not really. It wasn't explicit, but <laughs> there was hints. There was hints. If you knew Dumbledore was gay, it wasn't enough. I'm not yeah. saying it was enough. Um, but, yeah. It was it was a bad choice of words from, from Yates. It wasn't the right way to approach it. Maybe just be like, not yet, but stay tuned. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. have been phrase it different. Yeah. Like, we yeah. got more yeah. story to tell. You know, it... Yes. And I... Sorry. I think the, the other problem was that i think people took it to mean they're never going there yeah yeah it kind of i mean it kind of felt well, like that was the way they phrased it. it yeah for sure yeah yeah the way he said it made it seem like stop asking me about it it's not happening like right yeah and that was where i started feeling like 
almost uh, like queer baited, I guess, in the sense of yes. like, are we ever getting this? Yeah, I just, I don't know, and I, and I, um, I kind of have always struggled with David Yates as a director. Like, I, my my favorite, and this is a very unpopular opinion, but my favorite Potter film is is Order of the Phoenix. Um, because <laughs> Andrew just yeah. laughs. Don't laugh. Yeah, that is unpopular. <laughs> um, That's like my least favorite. I, I believe Gates it. Movie. I believe it. I just really liked the aesthetic switch that he gave the film. Um, so I really liked like the transitions between scenes and the newspapers, and I loved the use of like all of the things that Mina Lima does. I'm a graphic designer, so like I was very much about that in the film. Um, which I guess we did still get in Half-Blood Prince. So I don't know why I don't like Half-Blood Prince more. I Maybe it's just because it's like the first time I saw it and I was wowed by those transitions and the use of the newspapers and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but he also cuts so much out. He loves to cut scenes. And that's the one thing where like after we got some of like the deleted scenes from Crimes, I was just like, who made that decision to take this out? Like, why? What was the purpose? It's like, so that's, that is when I started getting frustrated. Like, oh yeah, David Yates, just cut it all out. Cut it out. He loves with his little scissors in the film room, taking everything out that's worthwhile. That was my little soapbox on David Yates. But, <laughs> um, well, yeah. Like, your point about, from a couple minutes ago, about being queer baited is a good point, especially because of these quotes that you just read from the author a few minutes ago, sort of promising that yeah. something would be coming. And then to hear David Yates say, no, we're not doing it yeah. seemingly forever, it, it felt like at the time. Um, and we also wouldn't have been surprised if they never approached if they never got explicitly gay, because we see how studios handle um, gay scenes in movies. They often shy away from doing it because, and we're seeing headlines about this this week, you put uh, even a, for example, the new Buzz Lightyear movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a lesbian kiss. Oh it's my like God. Can you miss a thing? <laughs> Disney had cut it out. Yep. And then there was this huge don't say gay bash la- backlash and they added it back in. Mm-hmm. But now, um, a couple of countries abroad are refusing to show the movie because of that blink and you'll miss it kiss. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. Yeah, and so they're leaving. Stupid. And I think I heard that Disney's refusing to cut it. They are. Yes. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, f- from those countries too. It's not like, you know, they were going to do a blanket worldwide cut. They, they would have just cut it from the showings in a couple of countries. But yeah. anyway, they're leaving tens of millions of dollars on the line. And that's why they don't, show these gay kisses unfortunately because some countries don't you know being gay is uh uh against the law right so for all these reasons they were we wouldn't have been surprised if they never got explicitly gay in fantastic peace but they did so yeah i think that like where a lot of the frustration can come in with that is that like you're never promised another film so it's always nice so like if you tell us that it's going to happen like give give it to us like if you want it to actually happen make it happen like right away because what if the first one was a total failure and that was your chance to include this in Harry Potter canon and you dropped the ball on that like think again you could argue after not including it in the books right 
So it's like now, like now is the time. It's it's more accepted. Um, why, like, why not just include it? Which I mean, yes, obviously, at the end of the day, I'm glad that it was explicitly referenced in Secrets of Dumbledore. So, like, um, you know, at, at least there's that. But thank, thankfully, we got film three, um, and hopefully, yeah. we get more. And get more gay. We want more gay. Yeah. I honestly, I'm so, um, I was, I I live in Orlando, so very much, very much in the conversation of the don't say gay bill, the fight with DeSantis and Disney is a lot of talk in the Mm. news, like down here all the time, um, So to see Disney stand up in the way that they did with this Lightyear film, um, I I appreciate it. Like, I'm so grateful that they admitted mistake, put the scene back in, and are refusing to cut it. Like, that means a lot. So Mm -hmm. um, just to, like, give a little shout out to Disney there. I appreciate that. So. It also meant a lot to me because Toy Story, obviously, a children's animated film series. A lot of kids are going to be going to see the new Buzz Lightyear movie. I think of my nephew, who's three or four years old. He might be going to see it. Or he'll see it on TV, on Disney+, Plus. you know, Mm -hmm. sometime this year. He's going to see a lesbian kiss, and it's just going to be accepted as normal. Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to help these kids grow up with um, LGBT kisses, hugs, whatever, in their media yeah. and it's going to help normalize and further help push our rights forward. So yes, for totally. that reason, I was very excited uh, to hear that Disney added it back in the movie, even though like credit initially, <laughs> but Hey, maybe they're making changes. Maybe this is a big moment for them. Maybe we'll look back on this time and be like, wow, that was a turning point. For right. Them. Yeah. I, I think that Pixar standing up to the executives was a big, was a big, huge, like a big deal. So I'm, I'm glad that that happened. Um, however, as we like to do, that was a little bit off topic. So let's go back to uh, Dumbledore was, and Grindelwald. It was all in the same it's, realm. It's a little bit off. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit off. Okay, I'll give us credit. Um, <laughs> so this is March of 2019. The Crimes of Grindelwald Blu-ray DVD was released. And in the um, in an interview that was featured on it, the author's talking about Dumbledore's sexuality, and she says it was passionate and it was a love relationship. But as happens in any relationship, gay or straight or whatever label we want to put on it, no one, one never knows really what the other person is feeling. You can't know, you can believe you know. I'm less interested in the sexual side, though I believe there is a sexual dimension to this relationship, than I am in the sense of the emotions they felt for each other, which ultimately is the most fascinating thing about all human relationships. And I will say, based on what was said there, I I think that's exactly what was shown in Secrets of Dumbledore. Totally agree. Totally agree. Like, that that is what she meant, is what, what we saw, so... Yeah. I'm also glad that she said this because in secrets, I was even at one point I was even questioning because I was worried, like, was it just one sided? Like Dumbledore felt the love for Grindelwald, but Grindelwald didn't yes. return it and was just using him. So like seeing this as a quote, it's like, no, there there was a relationship there. 
Yeah. You know, I had this question too, actually. And I think it is also answered somewhat in secrets when Grindelwald says towards the end of the movie, who's going to love you now, Dumbledore? Yeah. Right? That manipulative little bee. (laughs) (laughs) I know know we have this conversation. We've had this conversation a couple times of like, who do you think is the worst villain, Voldemort and Grindelwald? And like, I don't know, man. I really hate Grindelwald. He is like we talk. Voldemort is is a manipulator, but like Grindelwald is a manipulator. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Mm, Yeah. And one of the things that's so terrifying about him is you'll just like go to the diner with him or you'll (laughs) hang out on the steps of an event like you are normally like Voldemort. Nobody wants to be near Voldemort unless you're on his side like everybody's just (laughs) chilling with Grindelwald it's it's creepy in its own way even then I mean people on Voldemort's side don't want to be around him you know (laughs) (laughs) except Bellatrix probably smells except I'm sure he have you seen his his nails (laughs) 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 his feet don't bring it up no oh no I've never thought about Voldemort's feet, and I <laughs> well, really don't want to. Be ever. careful when, when you go to the graveyard scene in four, because they're horrible. Oh, jeez. Um, I just think like if if somebody can manipulate my dear sweet queenie, <laughs> then they have to be pretty manipulative because like she's not evil in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that was that was the most telling thing in terms of Grindelwald being more manipulative and a worse villain. Because, in my opinion, Voldemort is manipulative, but it's pretty night or day, like, if you believe in the things he believes in. It's like, okay, are you racist? Then, yes, you're going to be a, a Voldemort supporter. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, that's not necessarily the case with with Grindelwald, like taking Queenie, for example, like she wanted something that would benefit her relationship with Jacob. And she thought that joining this cause would give her that opportunity. Um, that has nothing to do with like being racist. That's just, she wanted it to help her situation, which sure was selfish, but you know, I just think it's like it's like two totally different types of conversations with Grindelwald and and Voldemort, mm-hmm. and I I think that he he manipulated um, Dumbledore a lot, and I, it makes me feel bad for for our man Dumble. Yeah, even I'm sure we'll get to this in a little bit, but even that end scene in Secrets, watching him watch. Queenie and Jacob's wedding from the mm, outside. Yes. It broke my heart. That was sad. And they really lingered on it. They really wanted to yeah. do that. I know. They just kept like <laughs> shoving it. their finger further into like, your heart. Just go, go in, yeah. just go inside Ugh. and be with them, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's almost like he felt he didn't deserve to be a part of that or something. Now I'm sad, Andrew. Thanks. <laughs> that that scene is still like ingrained in my head i can't stop thinking about it it's sad it is it made me want to see dumbledore have another boyfriend in movie four yeah because i think we're meant to feel like damn poor guy's so lonely okay so in movie four let's get a boyfriend and then my theory is that (laughs) 
Grindelwald finds out that Dumbledore has a boyfriend, and he's very thrown off oh. by this. And this is like Albus's weapon <laughs> against Grindelwald. Had canon accepted. This has I, to happen. Yeah, like the worst idea. Like, I like that. He doesn't have to be a good wizard necessarily this boyfriend but then Dumbledore gets somebody and Grindelwald's like oh my god he found somebody to love him now this is this is throwing me off my game I can't focus anymore the whole plan is foiled <laughs> yeah I mean geez all they had to do was um touch chess at the end of this movie to stop things from moving so just wait for <laughs> Grindelwald to get jelly of Albus right <laughs> makes me think of that scene in Monsters, Inc. where they go making him lose his focus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, well, This so, is a classic Swish episode. Continue. <laughs> I know. Disney references. Okay, so now we already kind of started talking about it, but Secrets of Dumbledore. So it took nearly 15 years after the author first declared that Dumbledore is gay for it to finally officially officially be made canon in terms of like the content us seeing it in content it was canon already because she said that it is um but now we see it which was like a bit it was a big deal i i remember the the scene leaked in um mm-hmm. the hogshead yeah, it was the scene in the Hogshead where like he's fighting with the Blood Pact, um, and he said he mentioned that like he loved Grindelwald, and yeah. I I remember just like I just felt really happy hearing him say that out loud, and and I was were at first I was worried that this was like a deleted scene, and I was like, oh, did they just like leak this scene because it was a deleted scene? But then like it was said, no, it's in it. And I remember, like, past. I remember texting it to everybody, being like, "Spoiler alert for Secrets of Dumbledore!" But oh my god, watch this scene! I'm so excited. He he says the L word. He says it, <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, I was so I was so happy. Yeah, it was a big deal. I agree. And you know, I actually don't think that was leaked. I think Warner Brothers released that officially. Did they? And the reason I mention that is because it is pretty significant. Yeah. The studio's just like, here's the clip where he uses the L word. Yeah. Look, fans, <laughs> we do go there. Yeah. It is explicitly gay. <laughs> and then, of course, at the beginning of the movie, we, we end up seeing it. I know. And I was like, oh, really we get quick it twice. as well. I know, yeah. like, it It wasn't just, like, a one and done, like, a quick blip. Like, it was mentioned more than once, and I was like, oh, this is pleasant. Yeah. I'm here for this. <laughs> yeah. I know somebody who went to a test screening, and one of the first things they told me once they got out of it was, like, it's real. It is explicitly gay. They can't just edit one thing out. Like, it's all over the movie. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was interested to see how something like that was going to play in uh, when we found out about the blood pact and like what that would mean. So I'm I'm glad that um, that kind of was like the catalyst, I guess, in bringing that conversation in. Um, So that was neat. But so like we said, one of the film's very first scenes is a meeting between Dumbledore and Grindelwald where the pair discuss their childhood friendship and Grindelwald's current rise to power over a cuppa. Uh, the, two, the two disagree over politics. Grindelwald wants to exterminate all muggles while Dumbledore decidedly opposes that plan. And Grindelwald asks his former friend why he's changed his mind. After all, he says the two men made a vow to help change the world together. And Dumbledore blames it on youthful naivety. Besides, he adds, I went along... Because I was in love with you. 
Later, oh, in, right, later in the film, <laughs> Dumbledore also tells other characters that he was in love with Grindelwald when they were both teenagers, and he alludes to their intense romantic relationship. We got there, friends. We did it. It took a while, <laughs> but we got there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you two think um, that scene, because I think there's been some debate about this. Sorry, the, one of the opening scenes mm-hmm. when they're in the restaurant. Was that like actually happening? Because all that fire comes up at the end, which almost kind of implies it's a dreamlike state. Or I, I think it's a real convo that happened between them. But I'm, I don't understand where it was actually taking place. Was this one of these like alternate universes, like we see later on, or was this truly at a diner or something? Yeah, that was interesting. And I think we talked about this a little bit when we did our like breakdown of the movie and we decided that it it reminded us a lot of like King's Cross in the sense of like it's happening, but like maybe it was in one of their heads, you know, Um, we also wondered if like because of their blood pact, if they can have those kind of converse or communications together because they have like this magical unity pretty much so like i do think it was like a sort of alternate reality but i do think it was real like it happened yeah 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 like i do think the conversation happened but i'm with you in the sense that uh, it was they weren't actually in a diner together but it happened okay the blood pack connection is interesting too i'm not sure i thought about that so could they actually drink the tea or was it (laughs) fake (laughs) a good question i hope (laughs) i hope they can in that blood pack tie tea's delicious i hope so is multiverse tea good (laughs) i was okay so this is interesting this is more of just like a multiverse question and in turn well i don't know if that's the right word but whatever these like little realities were marvel meg (laughs) we've been watching too much marvel we have been watching too much marvel um why was that like not a thing in potter if that was a thing that was happening in the 40s you know what i mean like imagine like how much could have been saved of hogwarts castle if they had done that and then i it was making me think i was like well clearly that was something visually that they thought looked cool so they like wanted to do it i this is my like my take on it i don't know yeah um yeah and and then somebody suggested maybe that it's the deluminator Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, yeah, because especially in, like, the middle of the movie... With Credence. Dumbledore whipped out... Yeah, he whipped out the Deluminator, and then he enters that alternate reality. It's, like, the upside-down world, because everything's backwards. You know, it's, like, the buildings, all the words are backwards. We saw that initially in the trailer backwards. I thought they just edited it that way for the trailer for whatever reason. But no, that made the final cut. (laughs) So, yeah, there is some alternate... And I, I wondered that, too, like, why... Why didn't we see this in Harry Potter? But I, I don't really fault them for it just because they just get new ideas as time goes on, you know? It, it looks like, cool. Yeah. It's so, a really cool yeah. idea. It yeah, is. Yeah, it was. It would, I would be okay, like, if we're, like, if we were going to be like, um, okay, so, like, this is canon that this can happen. So, like, why didn't it happen during the Battle of Hogwarts? I... I like the idea that it's a deluminator thing because like that's probably just something that the that Ron or the trio 
would not have had time to figure out that that could even do at that point. Or like, was that even something that they could have figured out how to do? Or was it like a connection with the Deluminator and Dumbledore? And he just like knew how to do that with it because he created it. So maybe Ron gets there eventually. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe he figures that out. But that could be interesting. A new, we can see that in Cursed Child Part 3. Ron discovers the full benefits of the Deluminator. <laughs> or maybe it's just further proof of Ron Boldor. Oh, my God. <laughs> um. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's online. And On top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Swish. So there was a, there was like a, a little blurb on Twitter that was talked about how there was a deleted part of this of this uh, tea shop scene where Grindelwald kisses the back of Dumbledore's neck. Spicy. Ooh. I wonder if we'll get that in like a Blu-ray release as a deleted scene because I'm not going to believe it until I see it because like there are no actual yeah. pictures of it happening. Um, yeah. But I'm curious. You did share with me this photo of Grindelwald behind Dumbledore, and he is leaning in towards his neck. So maybe Maybe. I I can totally picture them shooting that and then being like, well, we'll decide later. Let's see how big of a heart attack WB has over including this kiss. You know, you know, why not do it? I mean, he's like six inches away from his neck in this photo. So. Just go all the way, Mads. <laughs> I but, would, that would yeah, I mean, cool. And that would have really... F- Can I curse on here? That would have really effed with Albus. <laughs> That's what that I was thinking. That would have really screwed with Albus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, take whichever take you need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems F- like screwed. something that Grindelwald would do, especially like where they're at in the relationship now and how at the end of the movie, he like we talked about before, he's like, well, who like who else would love you? Just to throw in that little extra, like, look what you Stab. could have. Yeah. Manipulator. Yes. Missy's lips. <laughs> Master manipulator. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I don't. Maybe the screenplay will offer a little more light on this, too. Yeah, I know. That doesn't come out until July. Yeah, it's another month, I think. Because we did, you know, we did learn some things in the screenplays from the other two. Um, We did. So I'll be interested. Which then made me go, why didn't you just put it in the movie? But whatever. Well, I always say that. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm like, give me the six hour movie. I'll sit through it. (laughs) Um, 
so yeah i so the other thing is like this touching each other's hearts at the end of the film as well um at the climax of the film, the pair are able to face off against each other after Aberforth defends Aurelius from a killing curse cast by Grindelwald, which breaks the blood pact. This causes Dumbledore and his former lover to enter a mirror dimension in which they cast spells and attack one another until they are close enough to touch. Dumbledore and Grindelwald hold their hands above each other's hearts as they stare into each other's eyes. Mm. Wands raised, clearly thinking of their past love and how much things have changed while in a stalemate. And in the end, they stop their fight in the ladder. Grindelwald, sorry, I didn't say their names and then I read the ladder, whatever. Uh, Grindelwald <laughs> flees from Dumbledore to fight another day. Fight another day. Yeah, I'm not, um, I didn't love the whole we're touching each other's chests and hearts and this stops everything. It's a little unbelievable to <laughs> yeah. me i get it i get the feeling of lingering emotions and whatnot but this reminded me of in batman versus superman dawn of justice i guess it is when like they bond over each having a mother or losing a mother or something like that it was just a weird way to end things just a weird way to press pause on on the fight yeah so yeah I, think I don't know. How did you two feel? Did you? I thought it was really good in the trailer because there was like the way the music kept hitting and then it like hit this one note at the same time. They both were like standing across from each other. I thought it came across super well then. Um, but maybe it wasn't as impactful. It wasn't as impactful in the movie itself, but I don't I don't hate it. I don't know. Dang that Harry Potter music in those trailers, right? Man. Ooh, they know how to get right to my heartstrings. <laughs> Hits the feels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think also just like the the battle could have been a little longer too, especially when we were fast. waiting, what, four years for this movie? And <laughs> right. we just maybe you go in with certain expectations and then when the battle is, what, maybe a minute <laughs> if you're yeah. timing it two minutes it's like uh, okay now i gotta yeah. wait another four years for the actual <laughs> battle great thanks right. and we don't even have it confirmed yet right. so right yeah <laughs> uh, i did really love this movie though for the record i'm not sure i've said that yet but Me i do too. find this movie very rewatchable which i can't say for number two i did like number one a lot but yeah it, yeah i it, like one and three really... the best so far i still like two yeah yeah but uh, I would probably watch one and three way more yeah. over and over mm-hmm. than two. Two maybe just kind of feels like Gobble to Fire to me in the films. <laughs> the okay. Harry Potter movies. That's kind of my skip movie, I think. That's I don't really yeah. know why because I love that That's book, a good way, but... to, good way to put it. It's my skip movie as well, number two. And maybe movie four. <laughs> uh, yeah, I skip two as well. It's so long. Anyway, it's so long. And I know I literally just said I'll sit through a six-hour movie. So don't listen to me. <laughs> You'll sit through a good six-hour movie. Yes, hey. a good six-hour movie. Um, okay, so I just kind of have like some disque- discussion. Wow. That's what I was going to okay? say. Discussions? Discussion no. questions? My brain is, you can, I have COVID jumble. Leave me alone. You can say swish swag. It's okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so 
now that we've seen Secrets of Dumbledore, we don't really, obviously, we don't know what's coming in the next films, minus the fact, if they happen, and minus the fact that we know that they're supposed to end with the big battle. Um, But do you think that, like, after this point in this story, do you think that Dumbledore and Grindelwald, like, communicate still going forward in these movies before the final battle? Or is this going to be very much kind of like the Harry Voldemort relationship where they are just like tracking each other, but aren't really communicating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did that, did that question? No, yeah, that totally made sense. (laughs) Okay. It does. Yeah. I think, I think keeping them separated for most of the hypothetical fourth movie could be good to just build up to that climactic moment. Assuming that's when we do get the battle in movie four. And plus with uh, Grindelwald having these visions of the future, he's still going to be able to keep track of of Dumbledore pretty easily. And then I'm sure Dumbledore will have uh, ways to keep eyes on him, whether he's I'm sure he'll he'll set people up to to keep eyes on him. So, yeah, that's a tough question, because we were just talking earlier about how Grindelwald. One of the things that's very interesting about him as a villain is that you do walk up to him and have a conversation with him, and he talks to you like a normal human, besides all of his psychotic tendencies. So, <laughs> uh, I, I think, yeah. I think, yeah, that's a tough question. I, if I were to just to make a prediction, I would say they will stay separate for the majority of the next movie. That's kind of what I was leaning towards as well. Like, I'm thinking that our scenes that we would see with them communicating would potentially be more flashbacks to, like, give us more background, maybe. I mean, I I guess maybe that that could be a potential way for us to, I don't know, maybe we will still see some of his, quote, formative years as flashbacks. Like, I guess there could still be opportunity. Um, We'll just have to see what the story looks like and if we think it fits. I don't know. I feel like if it was five, we would absolutely get a separation. I think we will still get a separation, but it might feel faster because I really don't know if we're going to get five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. don't. True. I think it's so unlikely. I'm glad we got... I was going to say I'm glad we got three like the author originally promised, but True. now there's clearly room for one more, so... Yeah, I'll be I'll I'll mm-hmm. be very happy if they do one more. I I feel like there's also maybe a good chance at this point they could just let's say a 90 minute movie to wrap things up because they're probably want to they're going to want to do this cheaper too just looking at the tra- trajectory of the the box office so far when it comes to Fantastic Beasts. Hour and a half movie, HBO Max, wrap things up and then move on. Go I was going to say do you think it'll be like an do? HBO Max streamer like just go to streaming? Maybe I guess that's that would be cheaper for them. I obviously don't want them to skimp on the special effects and the cast and all that, but I just think they're gonna have to do a shorter movie to keep it cheaper, and then, and then maybe maybe it would be cheaper to be on HBO Max because if if it's only on HBO Max because marketing a movie, true. There's stats that like it costs just as much to create the movie as it does to promote the movie. So they spend 200 million to film it and then 200 million to market it. That's insane. Yeah. That is insane. <laughs> I mean, HBO's got money, money though with in terms of like giving them money to make the movie. I mean, if you think about some of the stuff that yeah. that they have had on their network before. Uh, ga- oh yeah. So like they they have the budget to help them out and give them 
I don't know. I do. I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty solid in saying that we're going to get one more, but I don't know what that will look like in terms of a film release, not film release, theater release or stream. Yeah. But it, what seems clear <laughs> is that they are in no rush to make a decision because David Yates went off to film one or two other movies outside of the wizarding world. And that was reported last year that he was, they were going on a break after movie three. And I speculated at the time, maybe they're going on a break because they want to see how things go first with movie three before green lighting a fourth or fifth movie. Yeah. And now they're looking and who knows what they're thinking, but we would love to be a fly on the wall of those conversations. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, I'm going to just do one more of these questions so that we can move on to our lightning round questions from like listeners in here. There's been some good questions coming. There has been because I so I want to save time for that because we're already approaching an hour here. So um, what are our thoughts on what Rita Skeeter says? This is in the books about Grindelwald, quote, waving a white flag. Uh, Like, I guess my initial thoughts on this were maybe like, did Grindelwald love Dumbledore too much to kill him so he surrendered? Like, could that actually have been it? Hmm. I don't know. So that's your thought in this indented line? Or is I this think, a quote from the book? No, that's... Okay. That's, like, possibly my thoughts. That's your theory? Yeah. Okay. Did he maybe realize Dumbledore is more powerful than him? And he valued his life more than... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's he sits in Nuremberg for a very long time. Yeah, or maybe he f- feels bad for what happened to Albus's sister and ultimately tried to apologize in some way. And that apology, and maybe there still are lingering feelings because again, I go back to this line in this third movie: "Who's going to love you now?" I think that's the line who's mm-hmm. going who's going to love you now and it to me it kind of replies implies that Grindelwald still loves him and so you from there you could kind of assume those feelings always linger you never forget your first ex right? <laughs> it's a, I and would those, say those, those feelings can linger yeah I would say that it at least is proof that he had feelings Maybe it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean he still does, but it does, I would say, imply that he he had them. So. And maybe he doesn't love him, but he cares about him in some way still. Mm-hmm. There's some I think there's still something there. Maybe not in love, but something. Yeah. Affection, appre- appreciation, just that that long relationship can just go a long way too, of simply knowing each other. Jess in the chat said I'll never forget the dude I dated for two days in seventh grade (laughs) honestly same I'll never forget my first girlfriend of two days who I kissed once and then quickly moved on oh my gosh I'll never forget my first girlfriend either Kate oh yeah because I married her (laughs) that's beautiful happy pride happy Happy pride Um, Mia, uh, you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. Katie, Katie had a first love named Jimmy in grade school. They went to the movies together and shared not. what Skittles. Aww. Okay, I have one memory of this. I tried to open a bag of Skittles. I opened them wrong, and all you heard was. Psh. 
because they rained down everywhere. Her and Jimmy liked Pokemon. No, he didn't like Pokemon. Oh. He didn't like Pokemon? Well, what did you like him for? I don't know. Gosh. Because someone was like, hey, I like you, you know? (laughs) Somebody likes me. (laughs) Oh, Jimmy. But then Jimmy saw how Katie opened Skittles, and he was like, like, no. Peace out of here. But you know what? I bet he thinks of me every time he eats a Skittle. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. Well, I think of Jimmy every time I eat a Skittle. Oh, my God. A <laughs> single tear rolls down Megan's face. Oh, Jimmy. Shares oh, this memory Jimmy. with my wife. Oh, my God. Uh, I tried so to get her to find him on Facebook so that I could see what he looks like, and she couldn't find him. I couldn't. I'm not even trying to be, like, <laughs> evasive. I really couldn't, because I was curious, too. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Oh, 10-year-old love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I'm going to go to lightning round questions. (laughs) Let me pull them really quick from the chat. Uh, I got to invoke the help of Danny DeVito here. Give me one second. He's going to pull these for me. (laughs) All I can think of is that stupid old commercial. There's six callers ahead of us, Jimmy. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) No. No. What? Does anybody in the chat know what I'm talking about? I'm going to look it up. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yes, it was an insurance commercial. Thank you, Jess. (laughs) Yes. Somebody got the GIF. GIF, 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 GIF. That's a constant conversation. Do we call it GIF or GIF? I always say GIF. I know it's... I can never remember. Meg. Wait, I say gif. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that's me. I can't remember which one I use. Gosh, so I just, it. I use them interchangeably. I use the non-peanut butter one when talking about images. GIF. That's the only way I remember. I GIF. should stick with Jeff because I love Jeff peanut butter. GIF I love peanut butter. Me period. too. Me too. Um, okay. Sam from the chat asks, Andrew, what do you think of the ship name Albert? <laughs> Don't like it. No. Because <laughs> I don't like the name Albert. Fair. <laughs> Apologies to anybody in the audience who's named Albert. It just seems it's uh, digging a hole. It seems a little old school. I need yeah. something a little more hip. About modern. like Dumblewald. Oh, so you're going to go. Dumblewald. You're going to go last name. bit of a yeah. mouthful. Grindledore. Owl. I like Grindledore. Yeah. Grindledore. Yeah. I like that. They're all longer. I like that Albert's short, mm-hmm. but I, Albert's not sexy. You got you to get Dumble <laughs> or Door in there somewhere because that's every how the public knows him. Gellis. Gellis. <laughs> all right. This reminds me of jelly. <laughs> Speaking of peanut butter. Um, this is another one from Sam. Do you, we talked about this a little bit, but I like the second part of this question. Do you like the Fantastic Beast films how they are or would you rather a Dumbledore Grindelwald set of films and a Steve Irwin Beast style set of films with Newt? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said that in that opening one of the opening scenes of Secrets we see that what I described as like a gritty Fantastic Beast nature documentary. I would like these to be split out. And then I would be more excited about the one that's focused on on Dumbledore. But with this movie and hopefully with the next movie, they did find a really nice way to tie the two separate storylines together, Fantastic Beasts and, and Dumbledore versus Grindelwald. So 
Um, you know, I think I think they're writing the ship. And I really liked movie three, so I can't say I'm eager to see them split them apart. But yeah, I would take that. Sure. Yeah, I think that I would. I mean, I would be interested in both. Man, I love Steve Irwin. So that'd be pretty cool to see a Newt style film like that. Um, With Hagrid as a guest. Oh, my gosh. Right. Later on in life. That could... That could be, I mean, hey, maybe this is something that eventually comes to HBO Max. As a like, TV show. That'd be a great a TV Newt. show. Yeah. 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 Just like even like 15 minute episodes yeah. of Newt figuring out something with a beast or exploring a new region or something. I would like that. Give me all those mating dances, you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> real cl- yes. real crowd pleaser. Oh my gosh. One. He's so funny. I love, yeah. I love, um, Oh my god, I'm blanking. Eddie Redmond. Thank you. Wow, <laughs> that was really dumb. Oh my gosh. Okay. Are you really a fan? <laughs> what podcast am I on right now? <laughs> it's I, all a front. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just gonna go away. No. Um, You're the real deal, Megan. I'm just messing. <laughs> Jimmy has nothing on you. Thank you. That's the validation <laughs> I needed. I, you know, I bet Jimmy knows who the star <laughs> yeah. of the is. God, I love Eddie Redman. Like, seriously, what is with my brain? I'm blaming it on COVID. This is what has happened. It I, happens. You know, it happens. COVID brain. Um. Okay, <laughs> Sam, you are hitting it out of the park. Another question from Sam. Okay, if you could choose a director of the original Harry Potter films to do Fantastic Beasts, who would it be? And how do you think they would influence the story? I mean, Chris Columbus, I just love him so much. Can I get a... I would love it. Can I get a Chris Columbus, Alfonso Cuaron, double director? Interesting. I was going to say Alfonso. Alfonso, as we all know, just really... he, He... he made Harry Potter his own mm-hmm. with the, the wardrobe, just the style of how it was shot, how Hogwarts looked. It was just so different, refreshingly different, in my opinion, from the first two movies. I would love to see him do a Fantastic Beasts and, you know, focus on Fantastic Beasts film. He just did the Marauders dirty. He did, I know. I know. And I, I just hold a little bit against him for that. But I do love the aesthetics of what he did to the films. Yeah. Can you... Is it his fault? How'd they do him dirty? Was it just not enough? <laughs> there was, like, nothing. They just, so, they just okay, let yeah. it go. But, you, but is let that Alfonso's go. fault, though? You Probably can maybe not. blame the screenwriters instead. Okay, that's fair. I don't feel so bad right. about it. I'm just trying yet. to defend my boy, <laughs> Alfonso. I mean, movie four. I just want to <laughs> let you know that A Little Princess, <laughs> directed by Alfonso Cuaron, was my jam growing up, so... Okay. I love okay. Alfonso, but you know, yeah. I also really love Ramus Lupin. So, mm. you know, I mean, I like Alfonso. He he would do a good. He would do a, a great Fantastic Beasts film. I think I just yeah. love the I I love the charm of Chris Columbus. Uh, like the f- I totally get that. The first yeah. movie is my comfort film. Like at any time, I will throw that movie on and I will just feel good watching it. Like, and then yeah. I also think of like all of the other films that Chris Columbus has done that I absolutely adore, and just like the feelings I get when I watch those movies that he's associated to, like Home Alone and <laughs> The Goonies. Right? The Goonies. Yeah, I think he did Goonies. <laughs> 
guys, seriously, something is wrong with my brain. I, I don't. Actually, Eddie Redmond directed Goonies. Oh, did he? Yeah. Katie, your hands up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. it's okay. What they should have done. Okay, it's supposed to be five films, right? It should have been Chris Columbus, then Alfonso Cuaron, then. Come on, you can name him. Come on, isn't it something Newell? Yes. Yes. Mike. Mike Newell, and then. Wow, I'm proud of you for that one. And then <laughs> David. Well, wait. I guess we're missing one, David. Yet, so I guess there's only supposed to be four movies. They should have just done a director for each. <laughs> I. It is a good question because they really need to get a new director in there. I guess they see David Yates as like the safe choice and he's he must get along really well with the author and and David Heyman and the mm-hmm, other producers. Mm-hmm. But come on, give us give us somebody new. Does David Yates really want to be tied to all these two? Like I'm sure he wants to stretch his wings a little bit. Now oh, he right. is cuz Fantastic Beasts is going on a break. But it's just very uninspired to keep selecting the same director over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it did a lot for the for the Potter films to change it up. Not only that, but it gave yeah. the actors different experience of working with the different director. And like, that's always exciting, too, because you never know. Uh, I mean, I, I remember hearing in interviews like and I, I know this is a little different because like they were kids. So like it was cool to see how they grew up with these directors and like the different responsibilities they were given as they kept going. But like it was neat to see the different amount of like responsibilities and um my brain is not working today what's the word I'm looking for like how much how much freedom they were given with like their role based on um who the director was so like I would be interested to see uh if that would change at all in terms with like if the director were to change if like Eddie Redman would want to change anything about like how Newt is portrayed or like um yeah jude law or you know like anything like that yeah 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 these directors come in with a fresh brain with a fresh outlook just you know it's just refreshing for everybody for for a new somebody with a new vision to come in i think that's great for the cast and crew too yeah yeah i agree um emily asks Andrew, what is your favorite original Harry Potter movie? They don't want to hear from us because they've already heard us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm torn. You mentioned the first couple of movies. I'm torn between one and eight. Okay. I love Chris. What, what Chris Columbus did with with movie one. All these movies hold up really well too, special effects wise. By the way, they don't look old yet. They don't look like bad special effects and i guess it's a testament to how much money warner brothers invested so i love going back to movie one too but also movie eight just the finality of it all the the where what it was building to even the opening scenes of movie eight with you get the glimpses of the different characters like snape and that that air of uncertainty and forthcoming drama and you know climax i did i love the vibe of the the last movie yeah. So you really like happy, go lucky, no worries, <laughs> and then, and really then extreme sad. yes. sadness. <laughs> exactly. I never thought about that. But yeah, just depending on what mood I'm in. Is it an even number, day, even day of the week, <laughs> right. an odd day of the week? I get that. Um, Let's choose two more before we move on. Um, Mia asks... Um, 
I'm interested in y'all's perspectives as folks that are part of the alphabet mafia, aka the LGBTQ <laughs> community. Uh, what point, if any, in the lifetime of the fandom did you feel like information about Dumbledore being gay would be considered actual queer baiting? So I guess we did talk about this a little bit, but I guess we could we could reiterate. I, I personally felt it when we got that information from the author that like it was going to happen. And then David Yates felt like he took it away from us. I felt very queer baited then. Yeah, that's probably the only time. But I'm glad that it's resolved, you know, like poor choice of words. But it looks like we're getting to the proper way it should be represented. Hopefully. Yeah, I agree with that. And also Cursed Child. Mm, Albus yes. and Scorpius oh my God, really how I seemed that? clearly interested in one another. And I, I went to them. the very first test screening of that. And I really thought they were going that way. And then when they didn't, it was just like, what? Yeah. Like the staircase scene, if you watch that, it, they have feelings for each other. 100%. Now, my understanding, I don't know if you two have heard of, about this yet, but they merged parts one and yes. two together in New York and the other ones. And apparently there are hints that they might be interested, or at least one of them is interested in the other. So they made some improvements, but why not do that from the start? You saw it. Everybody saw it. <laughs> I think that in that's the when new, I was really upset. I think in the new merged one, um, like Rose is not even like, that's not a thing at the end. Yeah. That's yes. the part that made me mad. It was like, Oh, you got all these feels like you can feel it. You can feel that these two have feelings. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Rose, what are you talking about? No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, quick. We need a girl to, right. to pair him yeah. with. Right. So we can know homo this really quick. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah. I love Scorpius. I love Scorpius. Yes. Me too. Yeah. Um. So I'm hoping to see that new merged play at one point. Yeah, we're actually see. we're going in September to see it in San Francisco. So oh, okay, cool. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Yeah, I, I again, I guess I really like unpopular opinions. I, I like I like Cursed Child um, as the play, <laughs> not as the, almost... not as the written out. <laughs> I totally version. agree. When Megan, you said that, it looks like you were like blessing yourself as you said that. Yeah, like, I was like, your head, oh god, please, yeah, no, I'm... bracing for emails. Yeah, no, I agree too. The screenplay very hard to read yeah. unless you've already seen the show. It's really all mm-hmm. about seeing the show, which is unfortunate because it's not easily accessible for a yeah. lot yeah. of people. It excludes a lot of people for so, many reasons. Yeah. I guess it's a little bit better now that it's one part in terms of accessibility. At least now you don't have to pay for two tickets, which was an incredibly yeah. expensive thing to do. I mean, one and it's is an all day, expensive. potentially overnight commitment right. as well. You know, you got to stay the night in New York or you got to commit to a full day in New York. And at that point, you're going to probably stay the night anyway. Right. There the whole day. Yeah. Eventually, they will release it on HBO Max. They'll shoot it. I think I think we did hear that they shot it with the original cast. But, you know, they'll sit on that until they can't sell tickets to the actual oh, stage course. show anymore. Of course. Yeah. Um, okay. One last fun question from Katie. She asks. Not me. Again. Yes. Katie with a Y <laughs> asks for Andrew. What aspect or trait from your house most defines you? I'm a Slytherin. I think determination. I'm very self-driven. Uh, I'm a full-time podcaster, podcast editor. I somehow, I got very lucky with all this and um, I've picked up a lot of work along the way. 
particularly when it comes to editing. And I've just always been determined to, um, to, to see it all through. And I could be a little bad from time to time. That's <laughs> the, I used to be a Gryffindor. And then I was like, hmm, after I got out of breakup, I was like, you know what? I'm a Slytherin. And not because I was bad. <laughs> I was just new year, new me. <laughs> right? I feel that. Slytherins so, are great. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also, it's been a fun, uh, uh, pr- it's been a fun practice in uh, trying to normalize Slytherins, if you will. They get a bad rap because mm-hmm. of the the books mm-hmm. and films. And so, yeah, trying to defend Slytherin House. That's why I like Scorpius and Elvis so much. That's one of my much. missions. It's like one yeah. of the very few times we actually get like a positive show, a positive light on Slytherin, you know? Yeah, exactly. They're trying to right the wrongs of the past, I right. think. Right, right. <laughs> And they're realizing, wait, we can sell merchandise for all four houses if we stop insulting a couple of them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Hufflepuff is not just a bunch of duffers. No. Okay. You want good snacks? Yeah. That's where it's at, so don't make fun of us. <laughs> right by the kitchen. <laughs> you want Skittles? That's where you got to go. Right? Katie and Jimmy. They'll have them for oh you. Oh, my God. Jimmy. <laughs> all right. Um... That is going to be all of our questions. I don't think that there were any bingos. I didn't see any come through. So let's see who won the house cup today. Oh, Slytherin, you came in last. <laughs> oh, no. oh, you failed no. me. <laughs> you failed uh. me. Well, who won? Gryffindor won the house cup. What? Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Wow. I Now, I will say that is not a common occurrence in in this discord so i guess congratulations are in order <laughs> for gryffindor claps for you uh slytherin is still ahead in the overall cups though so you know we have 27 wins it's pretty big nice yeah i'm proud of that uh gryffindor you now have 18 which is still really good so Congratulations. Katie said, Meg always sounds so sad when Gryffindor wins. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't sound sad. Congratulations, Gryffindor. Woo, woo, woo. I, I'm sure you want to know what? Everybody go thank your girl, Sam. She asked us. Uh, she asked us. Uh, I sounded so Midwestern. Wow. Oh, yeah, man. you did. Asked us. She asked <laughs> oh, <yeah>. us. <laughs> I am from Ohio. Okay. Uh, she asked a ton of great questions um, for the lightning round, and that is really what gave you guys so many points. So shout out to Sam. Congratulations. Um, anyway, Katie, it's time for the fan story. Let's do it. Okay. This fan story comes from Nicole. It is from July of 2019. Uh, Andrew, we refer to that as BC, you know, before before everything happens. So <laughs> before, but what's the C stand COVID. for? COVID. Oh. <laughs> it was the before times. All right. This fan story from Nicole. Dear Megan, Katie, Tiffany, and Sarah. And you know what? We'll, intru- we'll include Andrew this time. Yay. I'm currently on my second go around of listening to the podcast from oh start gosh. to finish and have been part of the Facebook group for quite a few months now, but I just realized that I've never shared my Potter story. Pause. This is Katie talking. 
That's awesome. That's a lot of us in your ears. That is super cool. So thanks for that listening is again. A lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, first, I am a Raven Puff. I can never choose between the two. I think I have more Ravenclaw tendencies since whenever I don't know something, I need to look it up right away or I'll drive myself crazy with the thought of not knowing. My Ilvermorny house is Thunderbird. Woohoo, me too. My wand is Larchwood, Dragon Heartstring, 12 and 3 quarter inches, and supple flexibility. My Patronus is a Borzoi, which is really funny because it's a Russian dog and I am Russian. I was just going to ask what is that, and then she answered, so thank you. Right? No idea how Pottermore managed to figure that out. That's cool. Because it's magic. Uh, Harry Potter has been around in my life for as long as I can remember. Growing up, I absolutely loved reading and would devour any story I could get my hands on. I even memorized the entire times table because my mom promised the series of unfortunate events novels if I could do it. My family and I moved to the United States when I was five years old and I didn't speak a word of English. Harry Potter was one of my first big novels that I read and I was able to share with my dad. Growing up, it was some, sometimes really hard to connect with him, since the longer we lived here, the less we had in common in culture, language, and view on the world. Harry Potter connected us. He introduced me to the world when I was around eight years old. I remember that I would read the series in English, and he would read it in Russian, and that would give us something to connect with and discuss. As my love for the series outgrew everyone else's in the house, my mom and dad, although not fully understanding my obsession, still supported it. When the fifth book was released, I begged my parents to get it for me. They told me it was too expensive and they could get it in a few weeks when hopefully prices would drop. One day, right before our annual very long cross-country road trip, my dad passed by as I was playing on my Nintendo and slipped the book into my lap. Aww. That's cute. On our every seven-year trip to Florida, they spent an entire day in the Wizarding World with me, jokingly teasing me as I started crying when I walked in Di into Diagon Alley for the first time. Dude, me too. Right? I feel like I still do. <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter is a place I can go to whenever I feel alone or anxious about anything in life. More than that, it gave my dad and I something to connect on. Last, I want to say how much I appreciate this podcast and everything the four of you do. Your joy and positive energy brings a light into my life, and I look forward to every Saturday and Felix Files that you put out. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything. I don't think you will ever realize how much you all mean to me. Love and all the best, Nicole. Nicole, that was so sweet. That was so sweet. Thank you so much for the kind words. And yeah. I really loved your story. I, that, I love the part about how your dad just slipped the book in your lap. I, that was really cute. Right? That's a cool dad. That is a cool dad. Mm -hmm. Very cool. cool dad. So thank you, Nicole, for thank sharing you, Nicole. your story. Now I'm going to tell you all a really dumb Harry Potter joke. This is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> All right. We got this really this really awful book that has Harry Potter jokes in it. There's one for <laughs> each house. They're all so bad. There's four oh, of them, geez. one for each house. Well, I only have Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, <laughs> which I am neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you hear that Lucius Malfoy opened a photography studio? He just loves to frame people. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> I like how you read that one, too. <laughs> He just loves the frame people. That was great. That was great. Oh, thanks. I try. Um, all right. You can follow your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Instagram at the Petrus Family. Uh, Andrew, if you want to plug your socials, you can here as well, too. 
Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Andrew Sims. I love following you two, by the way. Your life is oh, so thanks. cute that you post on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Disney, the Disney life. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I'm at uh, MuggleCast, wherever you can listen, wherever you listen to this podcast. I'm sure MuggleCast is available as well. And it's also MuggleCast.com and MuggleCast on social. Uh, and now is when we just have like a fun couple minutes each. We try to keep it to a couple minutes each where we just like tell uh, tell everybody what we've been doing. And I guess because Tiffany usually starts, I start now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I unfortunately came down with COVID again, mm. majorly, unfortunately. Uh, I think I got it at work. So that's no bueno. Um, but I'm on the mend. It's, I guess, kind of been nice that I've gotten to just hang out at home with Katie while she works from home for the past week. I've gotten a lot of cuddles with Fillmore. Um, I have a feeling he's going to have awful, awful separation anxiety the next time we leave this house. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> We're going to leave and he's going to be like, oh, oh my gosh. Um, live. It's okay. I have been trying to get through my June pride stack of books that I posted I have finished the Heartstopper series, and guys, oh my god, it was so good. I I literally, I read all four of them in, like, half of a day. They're graphic novels, so they're not, like, long. So, so good. The first season of the show is based on the first two books. Um, I highly recommend. If you can get your hands on copies, I know that it's been really hard to find them lately. They've been out of stock everywhere. My um, my boyfriend's been looking because we watched the TV show. Yeah. And yeah, very, very difficult. I got it's so, fascinating. I got so lucky. I found one of them just like sitting on the shelf at Target and it was the last one I needed. And I was like, snatch. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good, though. And I also am in the middle of JVN's latest book called. Well, isn't it Love That Journey? Love That you know what? I'll go get it and find out. I guess I could also Google it. Love that story. Story. Yes. I just did a Thank quick you. Google. Oh, so, so <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking of Shoots Creek. Love that journey. Oh. Love that journey. Um, I'm in the middle of that. And I also read this. is It's a YA book. It's called Love and Gelato. Um, it's going to be a movie soon. So I had I wanted to read it because I had read Love and Olives, which is another book by the same author. Jenna Evans Welch. I cannot believe I remembered that after my day on this podcast today of not being able to even remember Eddie Redman. But there we go. Um, Love and Gelato. It's really good. It is a YA book, though. So like if that's not your cup of tea, you're not going to like it. Um, I have to be in the mood for YA. uh, And I just happened to be one of these days while I was feeling like garbage. And I listened to it. And it was fantastic. I literally just like laid in bed with my eyes closed and listened to this book in like five hours on two and a half speed. And it was great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. I also watched Heartstopper for the third time and (laughs) (laughs) a lot of somebody feed Phil, a lot of somebody feed Phil. Yep. That has been, that's been my week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kate? Uh, I've been with a sick Meg and somehow (laughs) have been hanging out with me. I've somehow tested negative, which is great. Super excited about that. I know. I mean, like we've been taking certain precautions obviously but i'm just really surprised i mean we share 
life and everything you know man it sucks to not sleep in the same room yeah it really blows i hate it i have this weird this is so randomly weird but i have this weird thing where only my knees will get cold like the rest (laughs) of me be fine and last night i texted meg and i was like my knees are cold and there's no warm meg to make them better (laughs) i don't know what to do Teddy um, should have helped you. He, he t- did he told not me come in He here. was gonna help me out here. Nope, not last night. Not till this morning when I woke up. Like, and he was taking up the whole bed somehow. Of course. Um, but I've been. I think I just said that I. I don't know if I said that I got a new old job. I think I did. Yeah, I think we yeah. talked about it. So I've been but adjusting to that, it. and it's. Huh. I just said, but you're like getting in the swing of it. Oh yeah, it's been kind of crazy and a little stressful, just because not a little stressful, a lot of stressful, just getting back into the swing of things. And then someone went on vacation this week, so then it was like, you know, all that extra work falls on us, which is whatever. But it's just been a little crazy. But this week has been better as far as that goes. I don't think I wanted to cry this time. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't really been up to too much else. I don't she think. still hasn't finished Crescent City <laughs> I'm 2, still folks. still reading Crescent City. She still has not finished it. And let me tell you, I need to talk about it with her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> if anyway. you remind me, remind me. I remind you no, daily. Remind me to look and see what chapter I am on because I'm going on a longer like run five. tomorrow. <laughs> hey, going on a longer run tomorrow so I can listen to the audiobook. Just remind me. We're all on the Sarah J. Moss train on this podcast. Andrew, have you read any of her stuff? Okay. No, I've heard of her, but no, I haven't haven't read her stuff. It's bad. Once no, you start, you can't bad. stop. No, it's great. No, it's fantastic. It's but it's like it's yes. like uh once you start reading her stuff, you will read all of it. And she has a lot out okay. and they are long. It's so daunting. <laughs> it is daunting. <laughs> I have heard a lot of good things about a court of thorns and roses. Very good. Spicy fairy books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it, really. I can't think of anything else. Still still running, still raising money. The links are below in the description. Got a lot of money to raise. American Cancer Society. Katie's yeah. doing the dopey Thanks. challenge. Why? Because I'm dopey. <laughs> yep um yeah pretty much if andrew if you want to shout out anything you're doing yeah don't I'll take a crack at this well um <laughs> i mean doing the podcast stuff like i mentioned uh i do another podcast called millennial might as well plug that millennialshow.com it's where we don't talk about harry potter which is fun because like it can be it's of course fun to talk about harry potter but then it's also nice to talk about other things mm-hmm. um you mentioned some LGBT content. I started watching Love Victor last night Ooh, on Hulu, the, the final season. season. We have to watch that. Yeah, one. love. Yeah, love so far so good. Only two episodes. Yeah, it is really good. And um, also, Hulu had that. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Fire Island movie. Oh, I haven't watched um, that. That's a new, yeah, queer movie, and it it was fine. It's like a comedy. It wasn't as good as I was hoping. But, you know, whatever. Pride Month. Gotta lean in. <laughs> and yeah. I have a dog, too. I love him. His name is Brooklyn. We oh. go on hikes. We have fun. He lives for scratches. He's a very good boy. And, uh, yeah, other than that, going on vacation next week. So Nice. You're going family. home, right? Yeah. Going home, yeah. Nice. So, um, it's still vacation. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. To me, it is. Yeah. We're doing, we're hitting the beach. So, yeah. 
I'll be in semi vacay mode mm-hmm. and editing podcasts in between <laughs> nice. pool time and whatnot. So yeah, that's what's going on with me. What kind of dog do you have? I need to know. He's like, so he was a rescue, so I don't have the true history. Mm-hmm. I just call him a mini golden doodle. Okay. He was in here right now. I would share. He has an Instagram if you want to look at it. I don't need to promote. I do. <laughs> not, I do. I'm truly not trying to promote his Instagram <laughs> on the it. podcast. It just uh, Brooklyn Doodle Dog is the username. Doodle oh Dog. God, I love that. Yeah. I call him Doodle. That's his nickname sometime. oh my God. sometimes. Oh, my Sometimes. I might already follow yeah. him, but I'm going to see. <laughs> <laughs> i so we i do. yeah rescued yeah, him in, <laughs> sweet so rescued, rescued him in 2014 got very lucky he's very well behaved and um he's so yeah cute. Oh he's the best God. yeah he's a good one sometimes i'm like maybe i should turn him into an uh, instagram star but yeah. i don't know how you do that with a dog i like this one a lot <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> the sunglasses oh god that's funny yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I love being on other podcasts because I t- tend to host. So it's nice to just <laughs> right? jump in when I want without having right. to steer the car. Well, you're welcome on any time. Yeah, thanks so much. Any Awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hang out with the Swish and Flick gang eventually, IRL. Uh, Are you going to at some conference or something? No, as oh. I mentioned that, I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna disappoint them." I know, I know. Are you going another to one, another time, huh? Are you going to Denver? No, no, no. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Fine. It's, it's just not working out this year. I know. I get I'm it. Sorry. I get it. It's okay. it's okay. Anyway, are you doing the closing, Katie? You want me to <laughs> go for it? <laughs> well thank you what is this episode for oh no um this episode is for um for pride month yeah for pride and rainbows and all the fun stuff for pride rainbows and andrew yeah thanks for joining (laughs) thank you this was so much fun and as mia said and jimmy (laughs) first loves (laughs) (laughs) for jimmy definitely that's my vote jimmy and his skittles oh man all right i'm ending this that concludes this week's episode thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down (gasps) amazing my voice I'm like nervous and I don't know why. And I also don't know why. I just admitted that. But I well, I get nervous when I have to intro because that's Tiffany's job and she's not. She's not like Do you want me to intro? No, nah, I'll be brave. Okay. I just figure I do the profit. Yeah. We're still figuring out. Tiffany's on maternity leave and we're like still figuring this out without her. It's hard. Let me tell you. I will never take for granted the fact that Tiffany makes our docs ever again (laughs) in my life. (laughs) I texted her and I was like, can I share this doc with you? Does this look good? And she's like, check it over. Meg. (laughs) She's like, Meg, it's it's okay. And I'm like, okay, thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.